0: We're going to focus in this session on verse 20, which is what is often called a doxology based on the word doxa, which is glory, and logos, which is to speak, to speak glory back to God. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And here's our response. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, I pray that we would understand what we're doing when we speak these words. Indeed, what they imply for our whole lives. Help us now in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Perhaps the first thing to notice about this doxology is that our... God and Father is focused on. Paul lines himself up with the church. He's not exalting himself above the church. He's uniting himself with the church in this final doxology. Second thing to notice is that God and Father are linked here. God signifying the transcendent creator and Father signifying the, the imminent caregiver. We always relate to God as believers in these two ways, and sometimes they feel like their intention. God is great and awesome and to be revered and feared above all things, and through Christ he has become our Father who cares for us. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? That's the context here. My God will supply every need. He he shifted from my here to our. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus, thus proving himself not only to be a God, but a great Father. Let's think about the nature or the essence of what a doxology is. To our God and Father be glory. This doesn't mean we add glory. God is lacking in glory. We're going to add glory. That's not what this means. This means rather that we speak, we speak glory back to God. So we have received every need, everything we've ever needed. Don't just think finances here. Think salvation. Think hope. Think future. Think eternity. Think new body, new heavens, new earth. Every need we've ever had, God in the riches of his glory, riches in glory has supplied. And our response, you are glorious. You are glorious. Glory to you. Glory to you. So you see, the The glory is the great fullness of his perfections, and they have overflowed in meeting every kind of need that we ever have had, ever will have. And our response is to say, glory to you. That is, we know where this came from. It didn't come from us. It came from your fullness, the fullness of the riches of the glory of your grace. So we speak it back to God, and we, we live to God, as our supreme treasure. We live in such a way, we live that as we feel and we think, we talk and we act in such a way toward God, with a view toward God to show the world that He is more precious to us than anything else. And thus we reflect and show back to him and to the world his great glory. Perhaps there's one more thing to say about this. In doing this, we are joining God in his own ultimate purpose. You can see that back here in chapter 1, verses 9 to 11, where Paul is praying, my prayer for you is that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, the thing to notice here is that we are being taught how to pray here. Paul is praying that God would fill us with fruits of righteousness to the glory of God, that God would glorify God. It's exactly what we pray in the Lord's Prayer, right? Hallowed be your name. What are we doing when we pray that? We're saying God you hallow your name in this world you bring your name to be sanctified cherished loved glorified in this world well here we're praying that god would so sanctify his people and fill them up with righteousness through jesus christ that glory would come to god god glorify god so we're we're telling god Fulfill your own purposes in the world. This is your purpose, God. You aim to glorify your glory. Here it is again in chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. Therefore, God, God has highly exalted him, Jesus, bestowed on him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God is doing that. God has highly exalted him. God has given him a name. God is bringing every knee to bow in heaven and on earth. God is making every tongue confess. Why? Because God means to glorify God. You can see it in chapter 1, verse 11. You see it in chapter 2, verse 11. So what I mean back here when I say that our great aim and end of all things, the whole point of this book, I mean, the, the final capstone goal of this book is the final capstone goal of God. And Paul is doing that here. He has tasted the riches of the glory of God in every need being met, and his everlasting aim is that we live to, speak to, feel to, act to, speak to, and uh, uh, think to. (laughs) Everything in our lives, to God for his glory. So we're joining God in the ultimate goal of God, namely the manifestation of the glory of his name, by speaking it here and in the whole book, by living it with him as our supreme treasure.